0: Table Talk with your host Anthony Irvin, aka Spoken Life. Tune in every other Thursday, starting at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, with me and a new special guest live on Facebook and Twitch. Without further ado, let's start the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Table Talk. My name is Anthony Irvin, aka Spoken Life. Your host. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. I really appreciate it. And if you're watching at a later time, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you haven't yet, please give this a like, a share, a follow, subscribe anywhere you're watching this show. Thank you to all the listeners that have been uh, you know, watching and listening, whether it be the video or the actual podcast versions of the show. Really appreciate the sport, uh, and it really helps out the channel so, so much. Uh, we have an awesome guest tonight, and uh, this is another guest who actually came to me about a month ago. Uh, uh, he is a uh, guitarist in a band that we will get to j- in just a few minutes, and they had a, a new EP come out recently, and uh, he gave me a listen to their stuff, and I really digged it, and I really wanted to get them on the show to uh, you know talk a little bit more about their album and the band itself. But before we get into that, let's uh, get into a little bit of business here. Uh, If you guys want more content, Patreon is where to go. Uh, Make sure to become a a patron today by going to patreon.com slash table underscore talk, where you can get all the exclusive content uh, from the show, outside of the show, uh, including bonus footage, which will be uh, available right after this show tonight. If you're watching at a later time, it is already out, so make sure you go subscribe if you're interested to go check out that bonus footage from tonight's episode. Uh, You'll be able to get uh, access to audio and video downloads and some private live streams from me you'll be part of the private table talk community so we have a wonderful table talk community over there i want to give a shout out to my patreons bernadette dave and mary thank you all for being so supportive on the patreon you guys help me run this show uh with so many uh, ideas and support can't thank you guys enough uh and also for anybody who is uh also thinking of another way to help out the channel, I do have a Facebook group. uh, It's actually Table Talk Community. So you guys can uh, search that on Facebook, search Table Talk Community, and go join it. And uh, that's where we usually uh, post a lot of Uh, upcoming guests will post some of the, you know, audio clips and, uh, you know, I'll post a lot of the Patreon stuff that uh, you can uh, have links to in case you did want to sign up. Uh, You won't get access to the Patreon, but some of the posts from the Patreon uh, links will be on there so you can get access to that if you don't want to go searching for it. So, facebook.com and search Tabletalk Community Guys. And, again, if you're watching this on another uh, time, at another time, make sure you're uh, subscribing, following us on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show with uh, you know be going, being able to uh, go up the charts and everything. So make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well, showing how much you love the show. And, if not, share it with a friend who you think would really dig the show. It really means a lot. So, guys, uh, let's get into our special guest tonight. We have a very uh, fun guy that I had an awesome time being able to meet uh, the other night. So I think you guys are going to dig this uh, episode. So let's welcome Steve Scott from the band The World 66. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Anthony. How's it going, bud? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Thank you for coming on tonight.
1: Oh, thanks for inviting me. By the way, it's the word 66.
0: The word. What the, did I say world?
1: You said the world 66.
0: The world. Uh, <laughs> so, the word 66. Sorry the about that, everybody. Hey, and I was words. saying I was even saying it wrong earlier in the week too. I was saying uh, the word 66. Six. <laughs> so, I was like until I saw your uh your Twitter handle, I'm like, okay, they go 66, not 66. Six. <laughs>
1: It depends. I mean, we're the word sixty six but the word six six is fine as
0: well how did the how did the uh, band name come about by the way
1: well it's it's actually pretty simple. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but there are actually sixty six books in the bible uh-huh. um and we're a Christian rock band in case anybody doesn't know and uh and the Bible's the word, so we are the word sixty six
0: there you go. yeah. and uh the band has been going strong for how many years?
1: Uh, uh, just about a year now, actually. Good. Uh, well, we put our, our, our first uh, EP out. It's been close to about a year now, but the band got together, or we started putting it together about 2018, I would say.
0: Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, so you were saying uh, that you just uh, released a brand new uh, EP. What's the, what's the name of that again? It's
1: the title track, and it's called uh, On the Way to the Promised Land.
0: Yes, yeah, so I do got to say that was my favorite track when I was listening to it. It, it, it has a, a good, uh, upbeat feel to it. I really like that one.
1: Yeah, it's it's it was the one that we put out first, and it's the one that kind of put us on the map-ish, uh-huh. yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, it's unfortunate I don't have the whole band w- uh, with, uh, with you tonight, but uh, I'm still glad to have you on. And uh, how about uh, with everything we just talked about, how about uh, for anybody that doesn't know the band, why don't you give a little bit of background about the band?
1: Okay, so uh, as mentioned, we're a Christian rock band. And uh, in case you're not familiar what that means, uh, basically it's just, you know, we're like any other band, any other hard rock, heavy metal kind of band uh the only difference is that we have positive lyrics in our Mm -hmm. music um so we've been getting like a lot of reviews and stuff like that too from people that are not necessarily into the whole christian thing but Uh they dig what we're doing they dig our sound and they basically say you know just kind of listen with an open mind and you know you'll you'll dig the tracks and um so we've been getting a ton of airplay on actually i would say the majority of the airplay that we're getting uh all over the world is uh, uh non-christian interesting very interesting
0: yeah and, yeah uh, we also were uh, you were mentioning that we have a little something in common that uh we both have something in common with uh bongo boy records you guys yes. ha- had just uh, actually put uh one of the songs out on one of their compilation cds so that was yeah. really cool
1: yeah, they have a compilation CD out called uh, Crip Tonight, mm-hmm. um, and um, we have one of the tracks on there, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool uh, pretty cool CD.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. And so I know it's on Spotify, but where else can people find it, you know?
1: Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, our music is everywhere. I mean, you can find it on um, you know Spotify and Apple and... You know, Deezer and uh, all those kind of places. And uh, and of course, uh, YouTube and check Uh out the videos and stuff. Um, But I'm not sure exactly where that uh, compilation is.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, We would have to. Kind of get in contact with the uh, label. See, I know usually with their compilation CDs, uh, they usually put it out in the US and international sometimes. So, you know, it it definitely goes out to a lot of people and they do a lot of promotion uh, in the opening weeks and, uh, you know, months to it too. So they do a a good amount of promotion. I was on their volume nine blues compilation CD that came out last year. And uh, that actually did pretty well too i think they they do a lot of uh, uh blues inspired uh music as well so i was uh, really glad to have my latest single on that and that was the first uh one that i released on bongo boy records since 2015. so it was almost like a return to the label uh for me from them so that was really cool to have them uh, be able to put that on their compilation Day.
1: yeah it's been a good experience so far
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, shout out to Monique if she uh, is actually watching or watching later, you know, uh, and shout out to the whole family of Bongo Boy, hello to the whole Bongo Boy family.
1: Yes, hello Monique and the Bongo Boy family, yes.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, who are the other uh, members of the band, Uh, Steve?
1: So, we got uh, Dave Murray on drums and uh, Brian Torres is uh, bass and vocals.
0: Good, good. And so you're you're the guitar player. Uh, how many years have you been play, playing guitar? And did you uh, have bands before, or this is like the kind of first band you put together?
1: Oh man, I've been in uh, in quite a few different bands, and uh, I've been playing probably since I was I don't know about 15, 16, I would say nice. A uh, um, couple of years ago, and uh, <laughs> just, just a few. <laughs> it's amazing how time flies, man. I, I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, actually, the the first uh, instrument I ever played was uh, the trumpet.
0: Actually, interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like um, when I was growing up, uh, my parents they had sitting around. They had a trumpet and a clarinet, hmm. and they were and they were like, "So, which one do you want to play?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Like, you have a little bit of a variety. So, like, okay, we have all this out for you, and pick pick your pick your poison. <laughs>
1: yeah not exactly the greatest of choices in my opinion but uh but i started to play the trumpet and uh, mm-hmm. i was i was i wasn't very good at it you know i just for some reason so uh yeah i, I, w- I wanted to play guitar so I, I learned to to play guitar and uh i've been in uh, in quite a few bands along the way and uh, uh i'm very uh proud to say that i've played with some uh some players that have gone on to play with some really big bands, some major nice. acts, major acts.
0: Nice. That's always good to have, you know, that little repertoire in your tune. So uh, what actually got you into playing guitar? Was there like a, a, a moment that made you, uh, or like somebody you uh, were inspired by who plays guitar? You're like, oh, I, I want to start doing that. Or is it just like, you know, the simplest uh, that, you know, you saw it and you're like, let's give it a try. <laughs> you know,
1: ever since I was a little kid, probably, i don't know nine years old or something like that that's all i ever wanted to do really be like a guitarist a lead guitarist Uh uh-huh and uh because you know you listen to solos and uh you know it's it's great you know um the feeling uh that they have when they when they're when you're jamming and stuff yeah and um and um i had this moment uh i remember uh, this funny little story um um i had a neighbor that uh, lived across the street from me, and, um, and and he played a little bit of guitar, and uh, you know you would hear him sometimes. He had his uh, his amp turned up, and you know he'd be playing some solos. You know right. he was halfway halfway decent, and uh, you know I was just kind of you know I wasn't that great, but I thought it was okay. I thought I could jam with this guy, and I remember yeah. running into him. Remember running into him and saying, "Hey man, let's get together a jam." And he's like, "Yeah, okay, sure." And he's yeah. a little bit younger, <laughs> a little bit younger than I was. You know. And I, and I remember, I think I just brought like an acoustic guitar and I bought mm-hmm. some uh, some um, um, music books with me yeah. and stuff. And, uh, you know, we sat down and, and uh, he made me feel really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he was really so much more advanced than I was. Right. And, and I got to say that that was probably a, a, a turning moment in my life musically. Uh-huh. Um, cuz you know i remember leaving that house going like wow i really suck <laughs> and uh and then i i went on this little binge man i kind of uh kind of locked myself away for a while and i was practicing like literally like 10 to 12 hours a day wow um and i just played and played and played for a long time uh-huh. and uh, and just developed my skills
0: yeah yeah i think that's like a a common thing with a lot of like guitar players that you know they they used to you know have that moment where like okay I mean I would lock myself in the room for hours and try to play this riff until I got it put per- in into perfection and stuff and you know I, I think especially you know I think a lot of uh, guitarists can say is we're, we're pretty big perfectionists when it comes to playing a, uh, a lot of things and just that uh, you, you'll play it until you know there's no like Error in it at all, and even when you're playing it, there's always some type of error you can get through. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, cool to just you know uh, sit back every once in a while and not really think about like, oh well, I have to you know practice but you're just uh you know just sitting there noodling around and you know then all of a sudden like with that you just start getting some type of idea that uh comes up in your head and you're like okay well that you start getting like some songwriting ideas in your head and then you start putting that to pen to paper and you know it's uh you know the, the little triggers in your head as you become more comfortable with uh playing guitar and then you start getting your own you know feel for it and then as you're Listening to a lot of different uh, guitarists in general, I mean, that's where you kind of obviously get your your tone and your style of play, and uh, it it's really cool to you know there there's never just one person that has like the same you know track. There's always, uh, you know, a different uh, level of like, okay, I went through this stage, and then I went to this, and then I got here, you know, so I I always like talking to different uh, when when I'm talking to guitarists, I like to see their journey that got them to where they they are today with, you know, how they progressed through, you know, their, uh, their early guitar years.
1: Yeah, the writing process is amazing, man. I mean, like you said, like, you know, you're just kind of noodling around and all of a sudden, you know, something just pops in your head and you go like, yeah, yeah. oh, hey, hey, that's really cool. Right. And, uh, and for me, um, my cell phone is like my writing buddy. Yes. You know, because, you know, a lot of times you just come up with this riff and you won't remember it. You know, it's kind of like it's something that just happens, you know, just like this and you go and if you don't catch capture that moment. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's gone. I'll forget forever. it. I'll forget oh, it. hundred percent. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So I pull out my cell phone and I just, I just get, get these little riffs, man. And I've got like a ton of them on, uh, on my cell phone. So there's probably like, I don't know who knows, an album or two.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on, on there now, you know. And it's cool to kind of see your pro- progress. Like, uh, you know, as you keep on, writing songs and songs after songs i can tell you right now like for i'm uh you know slowly starting to look at a lot of my older music and i'm like wow you know from what i'm writing now to what i used to it's like night and day and you know it's then you can kind of just see your progress and you know then it's like to the point sometimes you can go back on those old songs and you find one that's like okay i mean i i was just like I needed this little bit and that could have been like something. And then, you know, maybe you just change like a a little section of it. And you're like, okay, now I can probably relearn this and maybe I'll put it back into my set.
1: I remember uh, uh, the first song I wrote, it was called The Gladiator. And, <laughs> uh, and I thought that was a cool song, you know? And But now you, excuse me, when you look back at it uh-huh. and uh, you go like, wow, that was kind of rough, you know? It was kind of... <laughs> really wasn't that great of a song and then like you said i've got some stuff that you know i've written so many years ago and that you know it's possible it could wind up on a record you know um changing things of course you know because you know back at that time um i wasn't what you would call like a a christian rocker yeah um so we just make a few tweaks and change some lyrics and and a couple little things but um there's still there was some, some decent stuff back then that you yeah. know could possibly you know come out sometime
0: yeah and being that you guys are a christian rock band i'm sure just like anybody uh i'm sure you guys just don't listen to just you know christian inspired music i mean uh what other type of bands uh do you guys usually listen to to get inspired for songwriting
1: i listen to a lot of stuff you know um Besides, I do listen to Christian stuff. So I listen uh-huh. to some some hard Christian rock. I listen to some uh, contemporary Christian rock. Uh, a lot of times I have the radio on in the background. Uh-huh. Um, uh, usually uh, it's the Christian uh, contemporary station, um, which is great when I'm in the other rooms. Um, but actually when I'm in my office, then I have another radio on. <laughs> <laughs> Which is usually, you know, some uh, some harder stuff. Or um, to be honest with you, I I like to listen to some of the stations that play us, you know, all the Uh time. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, so. um, But I also uh, I I like um, you know your 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 Godsmack and your Disturbed and Uh Shine Down is probably one of my favorite bands uh, as well. Uh, Love those guys. Three Days Grace, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Seven Dust. Um, oh yeah, all those, all those kind of bands, and then um, I, I like uh, jazz, man. You know, mm-hmm. um, I listen to uh, sometimes I listen to smooth jazz. I'll listen to uh, acid jazz,
0: hmm. uh, which I think is really cool. And um, I don't think I've so- heard of acid jazz before. I have to, I have to, uh, you know, l- look up a, a band of that genre. It seems pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe after the show, I'll give you a, a few names that you could just kind of type in and, sure. and let them find some other stuff for you. Sure, um, sure. It's a pretty cool genre, man. Um, and then, um, you know, sometimes I like the, you know, the um, what they call adult contemporary stuff as well, you know, and that could be like uh, Coldplay and, uh, tr- and Train and uh, Maroon 5 and Peter Gabriel, uh-huh. you know. All that kind of stuff as well. Uh, I listen to some EDM every now and then, Hmm. which uh, I think is pretty cool. Uh, A lot of it sounds the same.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: But uh, it's still kind of cool sometimes when when I'm in that kind of uh, mood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw Godsmack with uh, Metallica years ago. I think back when I was in uh, high school. And I think they were coming... On they were just when they were coming back from the Saint Anger days, and they they had I uh, I think it was Machine Head and Godsmack, or it, I think because I've seen Metallica three times. I think the first time I saw them with Godsmack, second time I saw them with Machine Head, and then the third time is when they had uh, their latest album out and they had Avenged Sevenfold with them. But unfortunately, nice. Uh, Sinister Gates, he had to leave the tour like the day of the Philadelphia um, gig because he had just had his uh, his second kid, I think. Uh, one, uh, second or third, so they had to drop off the show, and I hadn't seen Uh, Avenged Sevenfold in uh, in years, and I was really I was really looking forward to Metallica, but I was so stoked for Uh, Avenged Sevenfold because Uh, Avenged Sevenfold was the biggest uh, our biggest influence of my band, uh, my first band, Original Sins. We were you know very heavily inspired by you know, the harmonic guitar playing and, uh, you know, heavy riffage. Cause they, I mean, they reminded us of Metallica. They're like the, I, I would feel, and I think they've gotten the brand of like the, the new age Metallica in a way. Uh, so I, I haven't listened to a lot of their newer, newer stuff, but when they brought out uh city of evil, that was like, it for me, we were like, Oh my God, this is like the best album ever and we wanted to learn it we wanted to just you know sit down just like you were we were saying earlier we want to sit down and diet diagnostic and uh you know go through and uh you know try to learn as much as we could with it uh but unfortunately they couldn't uh play that night and then they were actually going on tour in new jersey i think a couple months later and they said that the tickets would be honored for that show but i unfortunately couldn't make that show either so i was like okay well either way i'm not seeing Avenged Sevenfold but metallica killed it that night so it made the night you know just that much better so it was good
1: one of my favorite drummers man in that band
0: Which one is that uh, uh Metallica or Avenged Sevenfold Avenged Sevenfold Yeah yeah RIP R- R- Rev He he uh, was a, well, he was a fantastic drummer Well I, i'm
1: a big Portnoy fan myself
0: Hmm. And is that the uh, new drummer? Uh, I think he's he might be the newest drummer. Yeah. Have they, uh, you know, confirmed that they have a new drummer or are they still having like some guy just sit in and he's just kind of there? I mean, I haven't really checked up with the latest news with them, but I I know um, they've kind of I don't think they have really confirmed from what I know. But uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: I'm not sure, to be honest with
0: you. Right, yeah. But, uh, I mean, hey, they, they still sound just as good. I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate with uh, what happened, but, you know, it, w- especially with uh, tragic things that happen to a band like that, and you have a uh, a very inspired musician that has that type of sound for that band, it's kind of hard to find somebody that will fill that and kind of, you know, it's it's always hard when somebody leaves a band that's very, you know heavily inspired by the sound of that band. when that that guy leaves, you know, it's like, okay, it can, and it could be any part of a band, a, uh, a drummer, guitar player, bass player, even a uh, singer is the most uh, biggest, because that's like your front man. So if you have a different singer, you know, it sometimes it takes a little bit for people to kind of get used to the new vibe, you know, because if you're right. so used to a band, uh, you know, of the singer singing a certain way, and then, you know, you have to get used to a new vibe with it too. So,
1: Yeah, some singers, uh, uh, which uh, I I could say about Brian in our band, he's got a a different sound. He sounds, Uh you know, he doesn't sound like many other vocalists out there. So it's kind of, it's a good thing because when you hear that voice, you know what band it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's always uh, fun uh, to, you know, have a... uh, a sound like that, that, you know, is unique to that band, you know, kind of like, you know, just like Metallica, nobody sings like, uh, James Hetfield. So whenever you hear that, yeah, from, you know, that's James Hetfield, you know? <laughs> right. So, uh, but going, going on another aspect, uh, that just came to uh, my mind, you had, uh, put out the album about a uh, year, year and a half, you were saying? Uh, about almost a year ago, around a year. So have you guys, uh, Played any gigs, or w- did uh, you know the pandemic kind of uh, take that from the the fact you guys were? I guess you were thinking about playing some shows, and the pandemic hit. You're like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, actually, when we were getting ready to go into the studio, is just about the time that the pandemic was uh, announced. Gotcha. And uh, so that totally derailed our uh, our plans for yeah. for quite a while. And we didn't want to get together. We didn't want to play. We didn't want to even be around each other. You know, mm. for for like a long time so we (laughs) we kind of just stopped you know cold for for a while and then uh we just figured it was you know we were gonna you know chance it (laughs) and go yeah and go go into the studio and and get some stuff done so we figured while the pandemic was going on at least we can get some tunage out there and people can can hopefully um get to know the band a little bit in the meantime you know
0: yeah yeah and it's it's definitely been hard as uh you know a solo musician uh you know bands bands too because everybody has to find creative ways to continue to keep their uh fans happy and keep their you know band out in the open because you can't be out on the road you can't get be out uh and putting your faces in front of people so you know people have been finding a and a lot of you know, my favorite bands have started, you know, doing virtual live streams, which, you know, is the next best thing. And some of them, you know, have gotten, you know, better production values than others, and they make you feel like you're at the show. I know our local uh, Pennsylvania, um, you know, band that, you know, within my, you know, metal range, uh, a band called August Burns Red, Uh, They're from the Lancaster area, and they usually do a a Christmas show up at uh, what was once the uh, Chameleon Club. And I think uh, the last, uh, yeah, December 2020, they did a virtual uh, Christmas show, and I forgot where they set it up, but, you know, it was in in a big open space. And they had all the Christmas decorations, decorated their amps and everything and made it seem like their Christmas show. And they had the, you know, top quality, you know, video production and everything. It was really cool. And, you know, then, uh, you know, then you have like other bands that are, you know, trying to do, you know, the same things. But then, you know, trying to just uh, and and I was telling a lot of people there's gonna be a big boom already, uh, but a big boom of music that's going to come out of this stuff, too, because a lot of bands that are not on the road. They're just going to be writing. There's nothing much more to do unless you're just going to try to go get a uh, get a job at that point to really you know <laughs> try to survive. But then then again, you know, if music is your full time thing, you, you might as well just you know write because uh, you know that's the next best thing to do. You
1: know, funny thing is that during the pandemic, man, I, I really didn't do a whole lot of writing. You know, really? I, I can't I can't really say that I did. You know, just uh, somewhat, but not like uh, not like uh, a lot of. I probably should have written a lot more tunes but
0: mm-hmm. but didn't.
1: I don't know, man, it just didn't I don't know, just didn't feel the motivation for it.
0: Really? Yeah. Uh, the first couple months I, I had a lot of inspiration to write and then it just kind of trickled down and plus, you know, I was uh, in the middle of my my wife was pregnant and we were, you know, months out from having our first uh son and you know, so the first couple months it was like, you know, just you know, I was off for a couple weeks. So, okay, either, you know, write, sit back and watch TV, have a beer, you know, so you're thinking about what you're going to do. So, uh, I had written, I think, two or three songs. So I'm like, all right, I mean, see what this is uh, going to do. I'm still sitting on those uh, ideas, too. Uh, but, you know, it's just a, like, you know, you kind of have to fill your space with what you can. And I know, especially since I was playing three and four gigs, uh, a month usually. And then it just got down to zero. And when you're used to doing that and then you just go and it just stops cold Turkey. It was like really hard because I I love performing. I love being out in front of people and performing. Uh, but you know, then it just got to being able to perform virtually downstairs in my basement. And, you know, it, it was cool for the first couple months because you're still getting that, okay, you're still performing, but, um, you know, after a while, you're, you're like, okay, I'm getting tired of, like, these hand emoji claps and everything, and, like, I want to be in the presence of a crowd and everything. And, you know, it was, like, eight months uh, without playing a gig. And it was the longest eight months uh, that I've ever had. And usually, I mean, before I was, you know, out of the band thing and before I started doing solo stuff, it was a couple years before I started playing shows again. And I would be going out to shows myself, and I would be watching the bands. I'm like, wow, I really miss it up there. I wish I was up there. And cause it, it's always been like if I go too long without, you know, performing, you know, uh, I start getting like that itchy feeling like I need to perform something. So... <laughs>
1: yeah it kind of reminds me of uh you know the the sporting events that they had with the cardboard cutouts
0: yeah that was so weird (laughs) i i mean it was just like you know i I understand because it kind of makes you seem like there's people there but like (laughs) some of the things were funny because you know you had like uh the picture of like your like the the baby in the crowd (laughs) with like glasses and stuff that was funny but then like after seeing that for you know a couple months like okay, I need to see, like, real people back there now. <laughs>
1: right. And it had all these famous people on, in the cutouts as well, too. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which and, is kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for news people, I mean, what what can you do? I mean, you, uh, the biggest thing you had to report was, uh, you know, the pandemic stuff. But, you know, after a while and, you know, th- thankfully now it's, you know, I guess somewhat in control. We seem like we're getting out of the hole. And it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But we're... We still have a little bit of work to do. But, again... You know, everybody can get all that news uh, everywhere else, but uh, I just want to say before we get into our next uh, little segment here, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, my name is Anthony Irvin, a.k.a. Spoken Life, and you are watching Table Talk. This is episode 30, and we have Steve Scott from The Word 66 tonight, and uh, he is uh, the guitarist and co-founder of the band, and... For the first time tonight, guys, uh, we are not only broadcasting on my Facebook and Twitch page, we are also broadcasting live from the Word 66 uh, Facebook page. Thank you to Restream Pairs. So uh, thank you to Restream for being able to have that little uh, feature for us and... Uh, You know, if you guys are interested in, you know, if you guys are any live stream streamers that are watching out there, feel free to make a restream account and check out the pairs uh, feature. And, you know, it seems like a pretty cool uh, feature that you can be able to share and uh, pair different people's guests' social medias so that, you know, it, it seems like it can be able to bring a lot more pages together so then you don't have to be telling everybody to crowd into one source. So. Uh, You know, it's cool. So we're broadcasting on both our pages. So uh, if anybody's watching this uh, now or on a later time, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for watching. Make sure you guys are sharing and following the show. I really appreciate it. And make sure you guys check out the bonus footage that comes out right after the episode tonight. And if you're watching at a later time, it's already available. So make sure you click the uh, links uh, for the Patreon account and uh, sign up today, guys. So uh, Steve, let's get in to uh, one of the uh, table talk segments I like to call the table talk spin wheel. Oh. So, so we are going to spin the table talk spin wheel. And for those who do not know, and it's kind of hard I uh, try to describe this for the people that uh, are watching later as well. So we have a spin wheel here and it has three different topics. And we have a, a top five, a, game sh- a little game show called This or That. And then a regular topic question. So we're going to spin this wheel, and whatever topic uh, it comes up with, that's our segment that we are going to do tonight. So let's spin this
1: wheel. Reminds me of, uh, remember uh, Mad Max, Thunderdome? I don't. How do you see that? Well, they had this thing where they spun the wheel, and they say, spin the wheel and face the deal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, but yeah. yeah, so we got a topic question tonight, and I don't have one uh ready because usually we don't get topic question this is for we've hadn't had topic question on the show. it's usually either top five or this or that so uh for a topic question uh Steve, let's uh go with a topic question uh, let me get the wheel out of the way so we can both see each other uh so a topic question tonight I'm trying to think so. We were talking about influential, uh, you know, people when it comes to, you know, our songwriting and stuff, Uh, but who who is your most influential person uh, as a musician that keeps you, you know, keeps you inspired and, you know, keeps that, you know, flow going to be like, okay, I mean, if, if you're having a day where you can't really write, you flip on this person or that certain thing, and you're like, okay, I got something. Who's that person or band, wh- wh- whichever? I would
1: say there's probably a few. um Probably the most influential for me is probably Tony iomi Nice. From uh, Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, I, I know he's influenced like billions of people. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I I remember when I was a kid, man, I used to, uh, I I would always buy the, you know, the Sabbath albums and listen to them over and over and over again, man. I had this, this little, uh, uh, little ritual. I was a little kid. So, uh, I had this ritual where I would, I would sit on the edge of my bed and I would put on the record and I would just kind of sit there and, (laughs) 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 and just kind of groove to the, to the songs, man. <laughs> I shouldn't probably shouldn't have told you that information probably, but, um, <laughs> but I used to do and that with.
0: We yeah, all man. we all have those moments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, man, I, 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 a huge Tony Iommi fan, man. Those those uh, chord progressions, those fifths that he would play, man. Oh I mean, yeah, it, just, it was just so powerful, you know, and uh, and, and just great riffs. So um, oh yeah. That's probably one of the most influential um uh as a guitarist i am a big fan of uh of vi you know steve vi uh-huh um satriani um uh, mm-hmm. uh uh jeff beck nice you know uh some of the some of my favorite players man so um, uh, there are times where I'll just kind of um, put on the YouTube. Usually when I'm working out, yeah, uh, I'll put I'll put on the YouTube and, and and try to find you know some bands or or find some concerts uh, and some Christian stuff. You know, uh-huh. I kind of kind of kind of do some Christian sometimes and just mainstream or whatever, just you know stuff. And sometimes I'll just find stuff randomly, you uh-huh. know, and just and just go like, oh, okay, maybe some classic rock, you know players or something like that and uh, uh those are probably the I'd say and and Priest was probably one of my favorite bands of all time as well.
0: Uh-huh. Nice, nice. Yeah, like and all those I could definitely see a lot of those influences in the EP of you know the classic rock vibe that you guys uh you know kind of seem like it has that big classic rock influence in there. And you know what, what I think like I said the, the opening track you know, it just hits you with that power. I'm like, okay. And you, usually when you think of a Christian band, you don't think usually like he, like heavy hitting guitars and everything. So I'm, I'm like, okay, okay. This kind of took me back, but I'm like, okay, at least it's, you know, and then, you know, getting into the vocals. And I'm like, okay, a guy can hold a tune. And, you know, I really dig the whole EP and you guys really did a good job with it. Thanks,
1: man. Appreciate it. You know that—that's the thing about uh, you know, as we were saying maybe before, like the whole Christian rock thing is that people don't, uh, like you said, you kind of got taken back by it. But I mean, it's just—it's just rock and roll, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, if you pr- if you don't tell people we're a Christian rock band, then maybe they won't even notice. Maybe they'll just play the songs and go, "Oh, these are really cool." And then you know, you find out later on that
0: yeah, and when you find the lyrics, you are like, oh, "Okay, it, I
1: mean, yeah." Yeah. So that's that's a thing that that um, I think is a positive and a negative of what we do. Uh-huh. You know, especially when, uh, as I mentioned, we're getting a ton of uh, radio play and stuff on, on Christian stations, even some hardcore stations hmm. are playing are playing our stuff. Nice. And, uh, and I'm thinking, uh, I think there's a lot of places that you send it to, and if they see you're a Christian rock band, I, I don't even think they'll listen to it, you know, because they probably you know, they don't know what to expect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and going back to your Tony Iommi, uh, talk, I I was actually able to see Tony Iommi on the last, uh, final Black Sabbath tour with, uh, Ozzy. And it was, it was a last minute thing. And one of my buddies was saying, hey, uh, do you want to go see Sabbath tonight? And, had nothing to do, I'm like, uh, yeah, definitely, because I knew they were coming around the final tour, and my dad was a big Tony Iommi fan, too, and uh, just seeing him live, and, you know, I, I wish I would have seen him in his younger years, but, you know, I was, it, I mean, I was definitely a lot younger, uh, or to the point where I wasn't even born, but, uh, you know, it was just amazing to see uh, like you said, one of the uh, more influential guitar players that has inspired a lot of today's musicians and just see him in his glory of just, you know, playing, you know, Iron Man and uh, all those other great uh, hits and uh Warpeg And it, it was awesome. And especially Ozzy was really on that night, too, because, you know, I mean, he obviously he's getting up there, too. And I saw him at Ozfest uh, when he he didn't he was just Ozzy Osbourne at that point and I think Black Sabbath was still on their uh, hiatus but when I started seeing uh, Black Sabbath you know at the point I was like you know yeah it would be cool to kind of see them but you know I wasn't going to go you know above and beyond to get tickets but then when my buddy hit me up I'm like all right I can't turn this down and uh, I was definitely you know so satisfied with being able to see them for their last tour it was a it was a great show. I I couldn't, I couldn't I don't have any complaints uh, about you know seeing them. It was a great show.
1: Yeah, Sabbath is, uh, is is a pretty amazing band, man. I mean they they've accomplished some great stuff, man. And then even you, you think about the first record, man. I mean that was back what like seventies.
0: I'm thinking probably. If not
1: early like, 70s maybe even 69 or I was going to say like probably
0: maybe even 69 68 69 if not definitely you know early 70s right yeah i
1: think i think that the the title um the first one called black sabbath like that might have been like sixty eight like you said 68
0: 69 yeah yeah man it's A long time uh, ago yeah very long time ago and and you know it, it's uh great to see the amount of bands that have come out from, you know, those era of bands uh, that were like Sabbath and who, and you can still hear the music in those bands today because you can just tell like the, the guitar tones and, you know, the vocalists and everything. So it's cool how, you know, after so many years, music can still kind of repeat itself in a way, but still be new and influential, but you still have those old, you know, references of like oh I remember they kind of sound like this uh, band back in the 80s or 70s but they don't sound they have like a new wave of it too so you know if it wasn't for the guys that started out you know it'd be a a very interesting what music would be like today you know oh yeah
1: for sure and actually we have uh, a new track that we're recording now um, that's I think pretty sabbathy ish
0: Mm. very nice and uh, do you guys have a uh, prediction of when that's going to be out? Or
1: we're uh, currently in the studio, so um, we're th- the first track is probably going to be at the end of this month. Okay. All right. So, so we're like a few weeks away, um, and that's mostly due to the fact that we can't get back into the studio to to work on the tracks for yeah. uh, another couple of weeks or so. So it's just a matter of. Uh, of the uh, studio's availability, so um, we could have already had some stuff out, but again, um, it's a really busy studio, and um, so uh, again, we're going to be back in in a couple weeks, and I hope to to walk out on that day with a, at least one track.
0: Right, right. Now, do you do the sole uh, songwriting of the band, or is it kind of like all the three you guys just kind of you know working out ideas, or? is it usually just you bringing in a guitar riff and everybody just, you know, gravitates off of that? How's the, how does the band usually write their songs?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I, I write all the lyrics and the music nice. and, uh, basically I'll just introduce it to the guys and I kind of have in my head, you know, the, the way things should go, you know, uh-huh. the, I kind of know how the drums should kind of go. I kind of know how the bass should kind of go, kind of know how the vocals should be sung. So I just kind of, you know, um, Tell the guys, you know, hey, you know, I think let, let's try this and I, I, I'm hearing this. And then we usually yeah. kind of work on stuff and, and, uh, and, and finish the track.
0: It's really cool when you can, you know, think of something in your head and then you're like, okay, this is what I'm hearing. And I just not, not, not trying to do it in like a, uh, a sense of like, hey, this is what you got to do, but like, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Can you do it this way? And then when that moment comes and you're hearing what's your what's going on in your head, that's probably the best feeling as a, as a songwriter, too, just, to, you know, especially in a recording phase, too, uh, you know, taking an idea and then you have something of an idea that comes through and then through the songwriting and recording process, uh, you know, you just finally hear what you were hearing in your head
1: and it's amazing man i mean the, the whole the whole the whole process um uh, most of the times the stuff that I, uh, I i come up with for you know the other guys it's, it's they love it you know usually um and then they throw their own little you know things in there um and, and like you said you know it's it's one thing to kind of hear it and then there's one thing to actually hear it you yeah. know what i mean you know you, you hear it in your head and then you You guys, you you work on the stuff and then you're playing it and then you go like, oh, wow. And and then you do your demo thing, you know, you 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 do your home Pro Tools recording Uh um, and it sounds and it sounds pretty good. And you go, hey, this is great. And then when you actually bring it into the studio, uh, you know, and then when you work with someone who's uh, uh, a decent producer and and, um, you know, all this different stuff comes out and then um, and then you get the finished product. You know, yeah. and th- and then you go like, wow. You know, it started off with just this little thing in my head. You know, this little riff, and now look what we got. You know, exactly. It's it's it's, it, it's pretty awesome, man. It's inspiring.
0: Yeah, man. And uh like I said, I, I I really enjoyed um, you know listening to the EP. I can't wait to hear more from you guys. It looks like you guys are you know still you know. Banging it out with uh, songs and material. So uh, it looks like uh, 2022 is going to be a, a pretty big uh, move for you guys, I assume, right?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking so, man. Um, we're going to probably, um, from what I am understanding, um, the label that we're working with right now. So um, we should have that uh, um, an album out through Sony probably uh toward the end of the year hopefully uh November-ish toward December excuse me we're probably going to um the EP we're gonna kind of merge it with the the new tracks yeah and so um we'll probably call it something else and we'll probably get a different cover um and then uh all the tracks will be uh, uh put together for this new record
0: Awesome. All, do you guys have like a idea for the album name or is that still just something you're going to wait on?
1: I have a couple ideas. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a couple ideas, but, good, uh, good. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're still working on it.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah, man. It's, uh, uh, good to kind of see, you know, people still working behind the scenes and, uh, you know, music can never, uh, really take a break. We we can stop the musicians from you know playing their gigs and everything, but you can't stop the musician from actually playing. You know what I mean? Very
1: true, and uh, and we wouldn't exist without the music as well.
0: Oh yeah, I can't, I can't <coughs> imagine a life without music. It, it would be very bland.
1: <laughs> very true, and um, you know, uh, as far as uh, as that new record goes too. Um, I mentioned to you the other day that, uh, we're recording a bunch of different stuff. So we're going to record some more hard rock tunes. Um, we've also got a, a ballad that we're recording. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to have some special guests on the record as well, nice. which is, uh, which is going to be cool. Um, and, uh, and the ballad we're hoping to, um, we have a couple of uh, artists in mind, uh, a couple females and we're going to hopefully uh turn this ballad into a duet very nice which would be really cool and uh we're bringing in a a cellist uh, acoustic guitar cellist so um again that's gonna be something different and then the first track that we're probably going to release is uh is called just to show my love is true and it's kind of like a rock worship tune basically Mm. so i'm not sure I, i i don't know if any uh probably won't get any Radio play on like the the metal stations and stuff, but um, but hopefully we'll be able to kind of move it into a, a different genre as well.
0: Cool, cool man. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it all, and uh, you know, uh, you know all the best with uh, the studio work and everything. And uh, before we kind of wrap this up i have another little um you know i guess a little small mini topic question we can read yeah. out of this because i know you're uh we wanted to talk a little bit about gear but i so uh wh- what's your favorite piece of gear that you own as a uh, guitarist
1: you know i have this uh old Charvel. That I use, that I bought many, many years ago before they merged with Jackson.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so, uh So it was a quality guitar. I, I don't know about the, about nowadays, but um, that's probably my favorite guitar that I use. And mm. uh, and I have a Marshall stack. Nice. Um, back. I, I uh, do too.
0: <laughs> yeah, the
1: 800 series. So that's uh, uh-huh. uh Takes you back a little ways. So um, those are probably my favorite pieces.
0: Nice. Yeah, I would have to say uh my Marshall stack is definitely uh one of my fun pieces of equipment that I have. I haven't uh I haven't turned it on in many years. Uh but uh you know, in my first band that was something that, you know, we wanted to, you know, work up to is uh being able to be, you know, the uh people that, you know, if we Wanted to try to make a wow to people. We had to, you know, be had that stage presence. We had to, you know, had the best gear. So we all, me and my other guitar player, we went out and bought Marshall stacks. We would bring them, and and we would bring those things to small venues too. And people would be looking at us like, "You guys know you're in like a club, right?" We're like, "We know." Like, <laughs> we're about to turn this up to eleven. It's gonna be loud. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be, and we love to play loud too. Like we we would play like seek and destroy, and we would just have like you know a couple small people doing uh, circle pits in the front but we would just be playing like we were playing for thousands of people and you know it, it was a fun time but uh yeah and other than my uh marshall stack uh other types of gear that uh i love uh so right now i am uh doing a lot of live looping at my, uh, cover gigs. So, um, I, I, I love doing that. Cause then it also makes me feel that I have a full band behind me, but it's me, myself and I, <laughs> right. Right. and I got to say the, the best piece of gear, uh, electric wise, because I run a guitar, a Godin, uh, or Godan, a six ultra. And it's a hybrid style guitar that you can run an electric and acoustic. It has a acoustic pickup and a electric magnetic pickup on it, so I'm able to run a amp simulator, which is my uh, Atomic Amplifier Six. It's an amp amp uh, amp modeller that I can just go from having a sound from like a, a Fender Twin all the way up to like a Mesa Buggy, so I can you know create any type of sound, any type of weird clean sound to like a dirty clean whatever you name it and for my acoustic stuff um i run it through a uh, tc helicon play acoustic and that's basically a a vocal and a guitar processor so i run all my you know vocal harmonies and uh acoustic guitar properties then so two of my best you know uh effects pedals i guess you can say on my on my board and i was never much of a pedal Pedal board guy in my early days and I was always like I'd, I'd rather just go straight into the amp and you know hit that but then you know I have a whole full pedal board with me now so I'm like a full 180 of what I believed in when I was a kid
1: <laughs> I've got some old rack mount gear that I use every now and then as well but it's it's kind of a, a pain to uh to hook up and then you've got uh, I've got the yeah. pedal board as well you know so um a lot of times I, I leave that home uh-huh But it's got some cool sounds in there, man. And it's kind of some vintage gear that um, I don't think you could find anymore.
0: Yeah. And those are the ones that are, uh, you know, definitely, you know, keepsakes. They're like ones that are like either, you know, they don't make them anymore or the vintage things. Uh, My dad has a Marshall Blues Drive pedal that they stopped actually making. And actually, uh, John Mayer. Is I think one of the last people that actually bought that uh, Marshall Blue. It's a it's a Marshall Blues Drive. I be- I believe I forget the actual name. I'll have to look it up and I'll tell you after the show. Uh, yeah. But John Mayer was a a lover of this one before he got into a lot of other overdrives uh but he used that uh marshall uh blues drive a lot so i uh, did some you know deep searching and you know i'm a big john mayer fan so that was pretty cool to know that uh you know one of the pedals that i was using is uh was recommended by him so yeah i like john mayer as well yeah and i mean uh i I've been getting into a lot more of his music over the last couple of years since uh, I was getting more serious into guitar and, you know, learning more music theory and being able to understand the theory behind guitar. And, you know, then I was able to really dissect into John Mayer's playing. And, you know, my biggest influence, which everybody a lot of know uh, a lot of people know through the show, uh, is Jimi Hendrix. And, uh, you know, being able to dissect his music, too, is just like it's mind-boggling how creative these guys are and they, the way that their thought process is. And you, know, you just think you're hitting a couple chords and you're making a couple noises. But then when you get into the theory of it, you're like, oh, that's how he connects that and how this connects. And you're like, light bulbs just start going off. <laughs>
1: you see the genius.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's amazing. And you know, I I really love the the new album that he came out with. And you know, it's it's different from uh, what he usually puts out. But again, it's something for a guy that is just gonna say, I'm gonna just throw an '80s song, uh, an '80s uh, full '80s EP out there, and you guys are gonna like it. And you know what? I loved it, <laughs> and he did it pretty damn well. <laughs> you talking about Hendrix? Uh, I wish. <laughs> Uh, but the <laughs> uh, have a new album out. I went well, I, yeah. Whatever <laughs> he probably has uh, more albums that we know uh, from all his uh, recording sessions. You know, oh yeah, uh, yeah, sure. E- even the the live session tapes are gold. The stuff that never really got out, the B sides of stuff, and even the the B sides of uh, tracks that he came out with, but then you know the takes that he probably didn't uh, put out. I am like, you should have just put out those. <laughs> but it's a it's unfortunate. They're just gonna keep racking in money and just drilling uh that estate until they can just put out nothing more.
1: And probably uh, you know, the same for uh Van Halen as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's probably got like
0: yeah. albums and albums of oh, yeah. material
1: recorded that nobody's ever heard before. You know? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And that's uh, you know, I mean I'm I'm sure they'll probably put you know, some things they gather for him and you know, same thing with Prince and I, I think the I mean he, he was a, a god when it came to songwriting as well and I never knew how much he wrote for other people until, you know, his unfortunate passing and then you get all the well he used to do this and he used to do that. Uh the nineteen eighty nine Batman movie. I knew he did the actual, you know, song in there, but I didn't know he wrote, like, all, like, the full score to that movie. I'm like, wow, that guy is, like, you know, a workhorse. (laughs) I didn't know that either. And he, he, just a lot of the stuff, uh, and one of the things, you know, they don't necessarily say it's by Prince, uh, but he was the one that, you know, Like, here, I'm going to write this, and then I'm just going to give it to this guy because I feel he might be able to, you know, take it to the next level. So he's writing for everybody else. And, you know, that's just an an amazing musician to me that can not only write for yourself, but can write something and then give it to somebody else because he thinks that they'll be able to do good on this song. You know, so you're writing for other people. You know, that's a different type of, you know, musicianship that I, I, that not many people get to really experience.
1: Yeah, most people, when they write their music, they really don't want anybody else to do it, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And th- thinking of the fact that, they, you know, you're writing for yourself, but then trying to write, oh, okay, well, if I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to write something for Justin Timberlake, what do I think Justin Timberlake might like? And, you like, you have to have that type of mindset to be like, okay, well, here you go, and sit down on something, and then, okay, let me send this to him, and he's going to like that. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, again, guys, for anybody who is uh, tuning in uh, now or at a later time watching this on the podcast, uh, my name is Anthony Irvin, uh, a.k.a. Spoken Life. I'm your host. This is Table Talk, episode 30, and I'm here with my special guest tonight, Steve Scott of uh, The Word 66. He is the guitarist and co-founder. And I had a wonderful time uh, talking with you, Steve. And I uh, had a wonderful time getting to meet you. Thank you for, uh, you know, messaging me. And uh, I had an awesome time talking with you and the and about the band. Uh, I wish you guys all the luck, and uh, you know, keep in touch. I would love to, you know, have you guys on again uh, when some more music comes out, and we can do a part two of this.
1: Sounds great, Anthony. I really appreciate you having me on. And of course, uh, if anybody uh, wants to check out uh, more information about the band, it's just the word six six dot com. You can find out that's our website and find out some more information. And of course, we're on all the uh, social platforms and uh, our music is on all the platforms out there as well.
0: Yeah. Make sure you guys uh, check out the latest album. Uh, Steve, do you want to, you know, plug the latest album again one more time? It's called On
1: the Way to the Promised Land. Uh, It's an EP. And uh, as mentioned, we're in the studio right now. And we will have a a new album out very shortly, probably in the next month or two, hopefully. And uh, a bunch of uh, uh, cool new tracks, man. All kinds of different stuff. So I hope everybody enjoys it. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. This has been Table Talk. We will see you on the next episode, guys. Have a great week.